So after binge watching Snowfall for the past week and a half, I have come to the decision of selling drugs next week. Yes, you can call me Trap Guy Q from now on. Um, I would be in your local neighborhood pushing weight. I feel like I could do it. Um, I think I'd be successful at it. Uh, I won't have to clock in and clock out, make up my own hours. As long as I'm getting that re-up money, I'm good. But before I start selling drugs, listen to my podcast, which is the Happy Hour Q Podcast. I am your host, Q. This is episode 28. Yes, episode 28. Again, thank you to everyone that's been supporting the podcast over the past 28 episodes. Appreciate you guys. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Willie Brown. And I'm also joined by my good friend and therapist, Camille Jones, as we talk about anxiety, depression, and things that we might have went through personally when it comes to facing adversity and facing those mental health challenges. I think it's going to be a dope podcast to listen to today. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's been going on in the world, uh, especially in the U.S. We have finally, finally found a winner in the president election of 2020. Looks like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris has won. Congratulations to those two. Uh, it's funny, man, because... You know, back in 2016, when we were all upset that Donald Trump has won the presidency, you know, I was hearing people coming on TV, especially Trump supporters, like, if you don't like it, why don't you go back to where you came from? Why don't you just go back to Africa? And I'm just like, oh, okay. So keep that same fucking energy. You know, the difference is we know that we came from Africa. Y'all motherfuckers don't even know where y'all came from. Y'all stole the land from the, from the Indians and claimed it was yours. Y'all y'all probably came from, like, somewhere in Europe or Switzerland or some shit. So when y'all was talking all that shit, and I'm not talking to all my white people, just some of the white people, that some of the Trump supporters, because, um, again, I want to say all Trump supporters are white because there's some black ones, some Mexican ones, and there's no, you know, there's no offense if you like Trump. Just don't be an asshole about it. Like, don't try to rub it in my face. So that's the reason why I've been rubbing it in y'all. Because over the past four years, all I've been hearing about is MAGA, make America great again. I ain't know it was ever great, but whatever. And y'all just talking so much shit. Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. So it is what it is. Um, if I, I don't really know what Donald Trump is going to do. Uh, if they need security, um, I'm always available. If they need me to go ahead and, you know, do what I need to do to grab them out the White House, um, I- I'll do it for free. You ain't got to pay me. Just, you know what? Just give me some tacos. Um, and I'll be good. And I'll get his ass out of there. But again, congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I am very, very interested to see what happens in the future of things that, you know, we need change in America and things that we need to repair after the past four years, um, especially with dealing with other countries and having that um, conversation about, you know, coming together and also just being being more um, respectful and showing integrity. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can produce that. But anyway, how you guys been doing besides that? Y'all been all right? It's also been a sad day. We lost Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy. Rest in peace to Alex Trebek. Man, I just, it's sad because I feel like my childhood is dying every year. Um, I grew up, you know, my mom turning on Jeopardy or my grandma, and Alex Trebek was on there. And again, 
just being on there and being able to see him in the afternoon, evenings, and hearing that voice and, you know, congratulating people who won in Jeopardy. It was just just dope, man. So it's really sad to hear that he had lost his battle with cancer. But, again, prayers and condolences go out to him. Um, so what y'all cook today? That's another thing. Let's have this discussion. So when I'm meal prepping, can y'all not put y'all fucking soul food dinners on social media? It bothers the shit out of me because then I want to go and grab some soul food myself. I'm trying to really meal prep just because uh, I want to stay focused. It's a lot of goals I want to reach as far as my body. If you see me in person, you might think I'm in great shape. But honestly, I want to feel comfortable with myself. I want to. It's, it, if you guys are like real hardcore gym rats, you would know that I'm in the process of trying to shred. I'm trying to tone. And in order to do that, I got to really count carbs and calories and make sure that I'm not um, building a lot of fat that I'm burning. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, as far as drink of the week, I, I let y'all decide. I let the viewers decide. Whatever y'all drink of the week is, y'all pick. I mean, I don't... I've been... Okay, let's have a confession. This past weekend, I've drunk a few things. I've drunk Jack and Coke. I've drunk Hennessy. I had a Long Island. So, it's whatever y'all pick. I don't give a fuck right now. <laughs> I want to get into this podcast. But we'll, I guess, you know what? We'll do Long Island. Because, I mean, that's a little bit of everything, right? And that's kind of what I had pretty much this whole weekend. A little bit of everything. So, drink of the week. Yes, I just officially made that shit up just now. Long Island. But, anywho, enough of me talking and ranting on. Let's get into this podcast. Again, I'm joined by Willie Brown and Camille Jones. Let me know what y'all think. We had a couple... Drop signals in the interview with Willie Brown, but still was a dope interview. Check it out. Willie lives in Arizona. I live in Michigan, so we couldn't be in the same place, but we still got it done. So check it out right now. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Q podcast. Got another interview on deck. I'm joined by my boy, my good friend, Willie, man. Willie, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What's up? What's up, everybody? Man, I'm a, I'm a little jealous, man. You enjoying that AZ weather right now. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> jealous. Hey, man, you got plenty of time to move out here. AZ is where it's at. I know, man. You got to worry about no snow. Scraping <laughs> off my car. Ah, man. Hey, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> man, so, man, I had to get you on the show because I know we had conversations in the past about things that we have been through, you know, becoming men. So, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about anxiety, you know, anxiety, depression a little bit. We, I think we all have faced that, but a lot of us, you know, we don't talk about it. So, uh, Willie, how, how have you dealt with anxiety and depression over the years? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's tough because most people think that it, you know, just goes away and, you know, doesn't come back once you get help. But I've been going through anxiety, depression, 
and suicidal thoughts since my junior year of high school. Oh man, I am thirty years old now. So if you think it just goes away, it doesn't. It's hard to pinpoint on what you can do to, you know, um, kind of get over or. Definitely. Or others talking, you know, bad about people behind their back, you start to think negative. And then here comes those thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking in the first place. Yeah. You know, I think I started, mine started probably my senior year. Like, you know, me and you both play sports and that was kind of like a coping mechanism. We, we, you know, got through a lot of stuff just by hooping or just doing things that can kind of cheer us up. But like you said, it never goes away. Like it's just always lingering in the back of your mind. Uh, You think about your worth. You think about the people around you, you know, what they almost what they feel about you. It's it's tough, man. Definitely. It's it's, it's definitely a, a, a tough one to you know crack a tough one to it's hard to talk to people you know about depression or anxiety or things of that nature because sometimes they feel like they have to fix it right away sometimes you just want somebody to talk to yeah it's not even it's not even i'm not looking for no advice from you none of that i just want you to listen yeah and then you, you know a lot of times people say Oh, it's life, and you'd be like, "Huh?" And it makes a, a depression, anxiety even worse when people kind of downplay it. Absolutely, absolutely. So when they say it's life, um, some people end their life due to this stuff. So when you say, "Oh, it's life," so you mean to tell me by saying it's life, you mean I should just, you know, end it right now, and that's part of life? No, mm-hmm. it's not the case. Right. And I've, you know, I noticed too, like just over the years, man, just being in certain relationships has made my anxiety, have made my depression a little bit worse just because my partner at the time, they didn't really understand it or they didn't care to understand. They kind of, you know, wasn't there emotionally. So it made my, you know, emotions even worse. Have you ever been through that? Just being in a bad relationship and it caused your anxiety to be bad? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when when you the only person, hold on. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Man, crazy. Yeah. I've been through uh I remember when I had told one of my ex girlfriends, I had told him like, Hey, um, I went to the doctor and they gave me some anxiety meds, they gave me some Zoloft. And she was like, Oh, you you know, she was making jokes and stuff and it just made everything worse because it felt like what well, I try to vent to you and let you know something personal something's wrong with me and you kind of just laughed at me so i see why people have those kind of i can i can see how people have suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. when your your worth is just you don't feel like you're nothing 
Absolutely, absolutely. And um, a little backstory about me. Um, it happened my, like I said, started my junior year of high school. That's when I really started to notice um, the anxiety and, and the suicidal thoughts and the things that I could not really control at the time. Um, so my senior year, going into my senior year, I put a lot of stress on myself because, like you said, we both play basketball, we both play sports. Uh, sports yeah. is stressful, but sports is also my getaway. But at this time, it was stressful, and I didn't know if I was going to go to college to play mm-hmm. college basketball. So I was stressing, 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 and I wanted the pain to go away so bad that I had locked myself in my bedroom and wanted to hang myself mm-hmm. at that point because I didn't, I didn't necessarily know how to go about it, what to do. If I was in this alone, God saved me because I'm not really sure what stopped me, but something in me was like, hey, this ain't the way, like there's other things that you can do. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I find things to keep my head mm-hmm. above water. Cause I mean, granted, I don't want to go nowhere, but sometimes like the pain is too much, and when the pain is too much, yeah. it's like yo, most, I don't most definitely. Um, you've been living with Arizona how many years now? Three, five. Wow, uh, okay. five. Do you, man, crazy? Right? Feel like it was like <laughs> yesterday, but do you feel like your stress has went down since making that move? Because a lot of people feel like new environments help their stress and anxiety. At the beginning, yes. But then when you get comfortable somewhere and start calling it home, um, other things start coming up. Stressful things, things that, you know, weren't necessarily a problem before you got here, but now are a problem now that you've got yeah, your I get it. Responsibilities. And I, yeah. you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I've been telling the viewers a lot for a while that I, before COVID, like I literally was, on the verge of moving to Arizona like I was putting all the steps down and everything and then COVID hit so I kind of took a step back but now that things are kind of somewhat getting back to normal uh I'm I'm still thinking about moving out there just because new environment and I noticed that uh me being a Michigan I love love Michigan is my home but I noticed that I feel like I'm outgrowing it and I feel like a lot of stuff as far as my anxiety and it's because I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. I'm not seeing anything new. So, what you know, what was the steps of you just taking that leap of faith of moving and just trusting it? So, I spent 25 uh, years in Michigan. Um, I worked for a uh, youth sports camp in Massachusetts. Shout out to Camp Lennox. Um, that was something that helped me too. Uh, teaching kids how to play basketball and working with them took my mind off a lot of things. And I was there for about, I did that for about four or five summers. Um, and a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Brandon, he was doing this job working with international kids as like a dorm parent slash counselor slash mentor. Um, so at that point, he was like, hey, I'm about to get ready to move to Miami. Um, there's this job that's about to open in Arizona. If you fill out the application, they'll hire you. Do you want it? So at that point, it just, it was a yes or no. 
I spent my whole life in Michigan. Um, I had never been to Arizona. Being in Michigan, it was, like you said, that's home, but I needed something different. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, I was like, yeah, forget it. Filled out the app. The next day I had an interview. Then two days later, they offered me a job. So I didn't even go back to Michigan when I left Massachusetts for the final time. I had packed up all my stuff in Massachusetts and I just moved back to Arizona. And my mom was like, wait, you're not coming back home? Nah, mom, I gotta make this, I gotta make this move. If I don't, if I was to go back home, then I would've stayed. Yeah, I think it's honestly, you know, moving and especially moving, we moved to a whole different coast. I think that's, that's, man, take some balls to do that, man. Um, Now with, you know, you dealing, you know, being 30 years old and dealing with anxiety and depression now, What's the difference between dealing with it in high school and now dealing with it now? In high school, you you don't know what's causing it. Like you don't know how to get out of those situations. Now that I'm 30, I think more about how do I change this? How do I change this feeling? What can I do so that I, I don't feel this way anymore? Um, and that, and to me, that's the difference. In high school, you just think, oh, I'll get over it. And if you don't get over it, it puts you in a position where you almost take your life or you do something that you're going to regret. Right. Definitely. When you get older, it's more of those, okay, I know how to get over it. It's just now it's a mindset for me. Like, really, is this really what you want to do? Is taking your life really, you know, going to mm-hmm. make the pain go away? And in my head, sometimes, like, yeah, it will. Because I'll no longer feel alone. I'll no longer feel, you know, like I'm a bother to people. I'll no longer feel like, you know, this world is better off without me. So that's, that's kind of where my head is at with that. Um, so those are the two diff- the two main differences when it comes to uh, battling depression now versus when I was in yeah. That's good, man. You know, growth is always good. I think with me, um, like you said, understanding what depression is, is, you know, I had to understand kind of what was causing things and what was triggers. And back when I was in high school, I was, I was on, I felt like I was on edge all the time. Like the littlest thing could set me off and I didn't know why I didn't take any care. I just know I felt a certain way and the world had to deal with it. Um, whether I was sad or mad, but then now as I get older, you know, I know how to deal with it. I know this year I had a little bit of battle of depression just dealing with the changes with COVID and then also switching jobs and whatnot that really took a toll on me. Um, I guess I got a couple more questions before we end. Um, currently, man, uh, have you ever like thought about therapy or went through it? Because I know I've been to therapy many a times and it's helped a lot. Yeah, I've uh, thought about therapy. Um, I've done therapy. Um, it works for a little while. Um, and then once you start to get comfortable with that therapist, you start thinking like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a friend now. It's easier to talk to somebody you don't know than it is to talk yeah, to somebody definitely. you do know. I mean, for some, pe- for some people, it might be different. But for me, I can have a full-blown conversation about with somebody that I don't know and not mm-hmm. feel bad about it or feel judged and have a conversation with somebody that knows me and feel judged. It's, it's right. worse at that point. 
So yes, I have done therapy. Um, I haven't recently, you know, mm-hmm. due to COVID. Um, I'm one of those people that um, thrive better in person. You can do therapy like over the computer and stuff like that, but that doesn't seem to work for mm-hmm. me. So I'm just waiting for COVID to kind of like calm down a little bit more and then I'll find a therapist and you know talk to that therapist once or twice a week on yeah same here I think um eventually I'm gonna go back kind of wait for things to die down because you're right you can do it virtually but uh you get a little bit more in person you feel a little bit more comfortable uh you don't feel like your screen is holding you guys from a conversation um I guess my last question, Willie, uh, what advice do you have for people out there that's experiencing anxiety, depression, feeling like they don't have anybody to go to? What's some advice you can give them? Um, Honestly, just know that you're never alone. Um, Know that just because you may be going through something that nobody knows anything about, you can always reach out to someone whether it be a stranger, somebody you know. I've met more people online that have been, when I've posted something, you know, to the extent of, you know, depression or suicide that I haven't spoken to in a while or at all for that matter. They'll reach out and say, hey, if you, I know we don't talk. I know, you know, we don't know each other like that, but if you need anything, please do not hesitate to reach out. So just know that you're not alone. And what I, and what I will say to, you know, people who have friends that are going through this check on your strong friends and your happy friends regularly because to me those are the ones that are going through something that you have no idea most people look at me and they're like oh you you have depression (laughs) you thought about killing yourself yes it's the ones that you least likely expect that are fighting something that they're having a hard time with because they always feel yeah. like they're alone. So that is my advice. Know that you're never alone and know that you always have somebody who's willing to help you, whether it's somebody you know or whether it's a stranger. Wise words from Willie Brown, man. Willie, man, thank you again for coming on the show, man. You got to come back. We got some other conversations we need to get into because I need to, uh, I want to have a show about uh, alcoholic beverages and, and partying. <laughs> hey. Don Julio, what up? Also, uh, we also gonna have to have a conversation about your liking oh, of LeBron because we can't, we can't, we can't continue to be friends <laughs> oh, if that's the case. God. Yeah, we we definitely gonna have that. I think you and my boy Rob. Is trying, <laughs> I might have y'all on the show at the same time, and I just have to take the the blows. But we'll, yeah, we gonna we definitely gonna have to have you on oh, the yeah. show again, man. Willie, thanks for coming on, man. And Willie, I will talk to you later. I probably just hit me up when you get done hooping. All right. Absolutely, sir. Thanks again. And uh, this is a great podcast. Everybody tune in and, you know, he's right, doing big things. You, man. All right. to the happy hour q podcast another hot interview i am joined by my good friend also therapist camille jones camille how you been i've been good i've been i've been working but i've been good are you staying covid free i believe so (laughs) (laughs) so i've been asymptomatic but 
I've been taking all of the precautions and, and being safe. And how about you, Q? I'm trying. I'm trying to stay out the streets. I'm starting to. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could say I always just been a homebody, but I literally don't go anywhere but my house and, and just around here. So I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, I, this has been a long time coming. We have been talking about this for a while. I've been actually telling my friends how much I need to get you on the podcast because I feel like you are a good resource and a good person to talk to about anxiety, especially anxiety and depression for 2020. But I want to first start off as, um, I guess, your background. Uh, just tell the people a little bit about yourself and uh, your profession. Absolutely. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, There's a a misconception about what social workers do. Um, A lot of people seem to think that social workers um, solely work for CPS and and take people's kids. That's a huge myth about social work. Um, So I work in clinical social work. So I am an outpatient therapist. Um, I received my master's from the University of Michigan. Go blue. Yes, go Um, blue. Go blue all day long. Um, and I currently work in a private practice setting um, in Ann Arbor um, called Integrative Empowerment Group. I've been working there for a little over two years now. Um, mostly work with adults, but I do have some experience working with teens as well. Um, and I would say, like, the populations that I really enjoy working with are um, working with folks of color, folks that are LGBTQ. Um, young professionals, professionals of color, um, and working with a wide variety of issues. So anxiety, depression, which Q's mentioned. And then additionally, I love working on interpersonal relationships. Q and I have had conversations (laughs) about that before, Um, as well as supporting uh, folks with racialized trauma as well. That's kind of what my focus has been on more recently, um, you know, just given the current context and political climate. Definitely. So I gotta. I always. I might have asked you this before, but what made you get into this? A lot of people I know um, that deal with anxiety and depression. They always need someone to talk to, and that seems like that's a lot of pressure on you. Uh, what made you get into this profession? Yeah. So um, my re- my reasoning for getting into this was definitely more personal. Um, so I remember being um, in high school <clears throat> and engaging in some self-harming behavior at the time and my mother found out and um, for those that don't know I'm black <laughs> um, and my mother <laughs> my mother found out and you know my mom said like what the fuck are you doing that's some white people shit oh, man it's the happy hour cute podcast you can always cuss thank you uh, but she said you know that's some white people shit what the fuck you doing like we don't got time for that and I remember just I, was just, I want to say I was maybe 14 or 15 but I remember just feeling so um, just like isolated and alone and dismissed. And like in that moment, I was like, I want to be a, a therapist for like all the like nerdy, quirky, you know, black kids like me so they can have someone to talk to. Um, so I, I'm very blessed and fortunate to, you know, be doing the work that I've wanted to do since, you know, being a teenager. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um... You know, you come from a place that you kind of can say you've been in those those shoes somewhat. You you've been the person that's been 
oh, you're not this, you're not black enough, you're not this and not that. And that can lead to a lot of issues growing up. And that's that's good that you actually wanted to help others, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 2020, of course. We're almost we're almost done. And I Five must quarter. say <laughs> Yes. And I must say, 2020 has been a rough year. I I won't say a lot for me personally. Um, it's kind of crazy that I haven't had a whole lot of bad things as far as personally to say, but I would say just overall, the world and your environment, it just seems really, really just things out of place. So, um, Camille, how have you been dealing with your personal um, stress and anxiety dealing with 2020? Yeah, so I think much like you and probably a, a lot of other people, um, I haven't experienced, thankfully, um, too many personal, if, if really any at all, personal stressors or hardships. Um, and with that, though, I'm a therapist. I hold space for people. And so it can be exhausting, you know, holding that space. And so I think what I've been leaning on, you know, this year and particularly during this time, um, given the presidential election, I'm sure we can get more into as well. But I've been leaning on um, ancestry and, you know, everything that's happening right now has happened before. You know, our ancestors, Black people, we were, we're so resilient. And so when I think about everything that's going on, I just think about, you know, how can I honor my ancestors? Like they're going to lead the way. Um, and that has really sustained me um, through this time. I know that's yeah. pretty like metaphorical and like hippie-ish, but it's yeah, <laughs> if you kind of if you kind of think about it, um, a lot of stuff we're going through is kind of like our trials and tribulations. It might not be uh, necessarily us uh, dealing, you know, kind of with the civil rights movement, but just us fighting adversity, fighting against others for equality in a different way. Um, so I think it's just our turn to kind of step up and be those leaders and try to lead for the youth just like our ancestors and uh, grandparents and uh, older people have done for us Um, so I wanted to ask you what are some good keys to just honestly just dealing with anxiety and stress because uh, sometimes people say it's good to talk about it I know it's like maybe that's just a real broad question but um you know, you being a therapist, and I know people have probably have come to you about 2020 and different things that's been bothering them, you know, jobs and uh, just life in general. Uh, what are some good ways to cope with this type of stress? Yeah, well, at first, uh, thank you for the question. I first just want to normalize and, and validate that this is a stressful time. And so, you know, if you are experiencing stress or anxiety, Um, due to what's going on know that that's normal and you're not alone Um, I would first and foremost definitely recommend you know getting a therapist Um, you know if if you can there's a therapist in your area you can go to um, psychology today you know put in your city you can even filter out and find a, a black therapist or a therapist that holds identities that are salient to you you can filter all of that um and reach out so definitely reaching out for help and with that I know that a lot of places are full the practice that I work at is on a six-month waiting list so I understand also that therapy may not be accessible 
Um, and so I would say if, if you're in that boat, um, there's so many free resources out there. So, I mean, self-help books are great. Anxiety and phobia workbook, for example. I mean, I can list off workbooks for days. But I would say engaging in self-help workbooks, meditating. Um, there are tons of free meditation apps. Um, I love personally the Liberate app which is created by a BIPOC individual and all of the meditations are um, performed by folks that are that identify as um, Black, Indigenous, person of color. What else? Um, I think too, so a really big thing with anxiety, a lot of times it's anxiety is worrying about the future and it, it manifests in these thoughts that we have. And so what can be really helpful is to just take a moment to step back and then just check your thinking and to recognize, you know, what's in my control and what's not in my control. And so with this situation and what's happening right now, there's not really much that's happening that's, that's in our control. So I think about the civil unrest that people are worried about. And I mean, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, but what can you do to keep yourself safe, right? You know, so if, if you if you got a gun hey if you, if you if you strapped up keep it strapped up or if you need to get strapped up do that that's i mean if you have the the access to do that but you know what can you do to keep yourself safe do you need to go to the store and and buy food for the next two weeks because right. it may be too scary to go out to drive but it can be helpful in these times when it feels like there's so much that's not in our control and when we feel so disempowered to find ways to reclaim our power and just, you know to check into the areas where we do have control and tap into that. So no, that was a very long answer, but I hope it answers your question and obviously- I Oh yeah, definitely. Um, speaking as someone that has been in therapy, um, I've been in therapy, I'd say maybe three times, I almost, I'm gonna say twice because one time I only went uh, just a couple of sessions, but I've been to therapy quite often. I think one of the key things I've learned in therapy is just letting everything go, just being as honest as you can be. Um, I'm learned a lot about myself, a lot of things that I don't verbalize or I keep within. And I just felt so refreshing to actually talk to someone, even though they don't even know you, <laughs> you know, right. just like- Sometimes that's even better. Yeah. Oh know yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk about it, depression, anxiety for our community, the African American community. Uh I'm glad that mental health and um just worrying about yourself, you know, inside is becoming more of a common theme. Um uh, when I got diagnosed with uh I think it was depression in twenty fourteen, I didn't know what it was. It wasn't brought it to the main light it was something i always heard about but i'm not even gonna lie i just like i thought just white people get this like what is this <laughs> but it was something honestly that uh that i i knew that was around for a long time i just didn't know what it was and how to uh i guess you could say express myself about it um i guess Camille, i want to ask you um as us being african-americans in, in this climate climate right now um, how important is it to make sure our mental health is together? Um, it's paramount. It, it really is. Um, so this is like 
my like bread and butter. This is stuff that I'm really passionate about. So, and you've in I'm sure you've seen my Instagram story. Oh yeah. Black people take care of yourself. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's important because um, so when I think about you know what they call the black people diseases, diabetes, mm. high blood pressure. Oh yeah. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is due. So I'm gonna get a little bit scientificy here. Um, so stay with me, and if I need to clarify, of course, let me know. Okay. But as human beings, when we have too much cortisol in our system, so cortisol is a stress hormone. Um, so when we have too much cortisol in our system, that leads us to have these health issues, and also this gets passed down through generations. So, Q, when your mother was pregnant, no, 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 I'm sorry. When your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, her eggs were inside of her, which was you. You were you were already in your mom, a growing fetus, when your grandmother was pregnant with her. So you're carrying the stress of your grandmother. Whatever your grandmama went through, that got passed down to your mama and got passed down to you. And there's actually studies and research that shows that um, babies who were in a stressful environment when they're delivered have higher levels of cortisol. So if you're thinking about black people in our history, we carry stress. Slavery was stressful. The middle passage was horrific and traumatizing. So many people died, right? And so when we think about that trauma and how it gets passed down and passed down and passed down, that's gonna manifest in, you know, maybe being hypervigilant or having issues with mood um, or being closed off or, you know, whatever. And so I would say, you know, to the person that's like, man, therapy's for some white people, that's some bullshit. I, I would say that, you know, the best thing you can do for yourself and for your descendants, so I'm always thinking about how can I be a good ancestor to my descendants because there will be people that come after me. Um, Part of that for me is taking care of my mental health, you know, not holding on to stress. When I think about, you know, when there are things that are happening in my life that make me sad, for example, you know, I try to get it out and cry. Why? Because my ancestors couldn't. They couldn't cry when it was getting their ass beat. They couldn't cry when their kids were getting sold off. They had to be strong. And so I often feel like I'm, you know, healing them whenever I'm feeling my pain. And there are also just times when, and Hugh, I would be curious to know if you've had this experience, but there have been times where I felt heavy and like it didn't feel like my stuff. It was something else. Yeah. Oh man, I felt that a lot. Uh, Especially this year, I felt it a lot uh, with everything happening. Um, You're right, like you really, it's like it says, almost like it's inside of you to carry that that burden, that stress. just when I was, I, I didn't even get a chance to tell you, so I switched jobs. We'll, we'll talk about that off air, but I switched jobs and uh, it was really affecting my mental health. And I just started noticing patterns uh, with my previous occupation that remind me kind of of the whole slave owner mentality type thing. And when I started realizing and I just started just piecing things together things that I felt that was parallel to back in the 60s, the 50s, the 30s, the 20s, the 1800s. I was just like, wow, this is like, it's almost the same thing. It's just 
really, really um, covered up, I guess you could say, so to speak. You know, they think it's covered up, but, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I, I will agree. I've had that heaviness and when it's not even me just watching TV or just even, I think recently I've been watching a TV show called Lovecraft and they had a thing on um, the Tulsa burning the Black Wall Street. And, I mean, I honestly teared up. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I tearing up? Why is this affecting me so much? And when I thought about it, it was like, those are my people. Those were wealthy individuals, very smart um, doctors, and lawyers, and people of that nature that were burnt up because of a silly accusation. So, I mean, you know, you know, I'm a guy still at heart. I'd be like, man, I ain't gonna cry, but I'm learning to. Yeah. Like just because you have a dick and balls does not mean <laughs> you know that you can't be emotional. And, and again, if, if we're bringing it back to ancestry, you know your your ancestors, the ones that were men, couldn't cry when their wives were being beaten and raped. Mm-hmm. When they had to see their cousin, uncle, brother, mother get murdered and slain, they couldn't cry. Right. You know, that is true. I, it's one of those things where we do that for them and then um regarding the the new job congratulations one and then two i think it's you know it's, it's so interesting that you were able to draw that parallel between like you know kind of slavery or just kind of the oppression that occurs and what you were experiencing and i think far too often will we just as people seek out what's familiar yeah definitely you know what I'm saying? so like generationally like that's familiar or i think about how many times my parents have said you know stay at a job because you better be grateful you have one <sighs> yeah so it's the most toxic workplace ever um, yes preach yeah. <laughs> yeah you know without giving too much away um pretty much i had a manager you know tell me uh so many words uh, you're not going nowhere. You better stay here until you do this. And that, somewhat in that term, pretty much saying, uh, no, y'all, you can't go nowhere. And that, I'm like, wait, what? You know, at first, I'm now I'm mad because I'm a grown ass man. And then, too, it's like just the tone of it, like, I own you type thing. And it really, it really bothered me. Um, it took a toll on me. And that's when, you know, the ball started rolling in my head, like, time to make a change you know it's time to change your environment um especially if you're feeling uh slave owner mentality um type of ordeal because i must have been feeling that beforehand for me to even get to that point it's not just something that happened that day that must have been just step by step and i just put things together um there was a reason why that that boss felt you know they had the audacity to talk to you in that way yeah yeah it it was definitely it's one of the things i honestly i'm like i can tell my i can tell my child about this <laughs> you know i can tell that i went through that and how i reacted um you know i still kept my cool but made a made a change for myself um i guess we could talk a little bit about the election uh we're still kind of waiting although i think we're starting to understand the results uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was at first, it was kind of bothering me, like, "Yo, well, who's gonna win?" Like, it still bothers me a little bit now. I'm more or less, like, okay, well, eventually we'll get the votes. Uh, 
Camille, let me ask you, you don't have to give me your political stance and then, you know, who you voted for, but uh, how was this election different from others when it comes to just the stress and the pressure of voting? Um, for me personally? Yeah, yeah, for you personally. Yeah. Um, so I, I voted for the first time in 2008. Um, and as we know, a beautiful man, Barack Obama... <laughs> Oh yeah, that's my guy. Was elected. Yeah, he's a lot of he's a lot of our guys. Um, <laughs> I miss him so much. But I, I remember in 2008 just feeling so like liberated and hopeful and, and proud to vote. Um, and I think in 2012 that wore off. But like I, obviously I wasn't. So obviously I'm definitely discovering that I'm liberal. Um, <laughs> I think talking about my love for Barack Obama. Um, but in 2012, that kind of wore off. Um, and then obviously, so 2016 was really, really interesting. Um, in 2016, I was in my first uh, semester of grad school at U of M. Okay. And I remember being in classes, being in a policy class, and the professor's like, he's not going to win, y'all. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and so I remember, <laughs> I remember voting and like I came home, ate. And then, like, you know, I mean, a lot of people stay up for election night. I, like, took my ass to sleep at, like, 9 o'clock. And then I woke up at, like, 3 in the morning, turned over, looked at my phone, and then it, my, like, Facebook was lit. It was like, I can't believe we won. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, cause I, I literally went to sleep, like, yeah, he ain't gonna win. And he won. And so I was just, like, in shock. And then I would say with this election and with voting... I think now maybe I'm like I'm becoming jaded. Um, I'm not surprised that it's as close as it is. As it is, I'm I am disappointed um, because I mean there are millions of people, like tens of millions of people, that that voted for this dude. And then if you see the breakdown, like black mm-hmm. men vote. Oh, don't even get me started. Like, oh man, yeah. There's a, there's a lot there's a lot like underneath that but just you know seeing the breakdown and seeing that a lot of people voted for him i think for me it's just a reminder that you know as ancestor nitsi said like the marathon like it's, it's just the marathon continues you know it doesn't stop because you know whether i mean so if biden gets elected it doesn't stop no it doesn't it might it doesn't. increases there's, there's, there's still work that has to be done period and so i was on a a meeting with colleagues today and you know people were kind of freaking out and they asked me how I was doing and I just kind of said like you know the shit's gonna continue like mm-hmm. I gotta stay suited and booted up <laughs> regardless, oh, yeah. regardless and you know not to have such a, a super militant attitude but the reality is that you know this system that we're in is so it's, I mean, it's working very well. It's, it's doing actually what it's been intended to do. So when people say the system's broken, I'm like, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work for things to change. And also, things are not going to change in my lifetime. That's, they're yeah. Not, they're not. And I think for me, coming to a place of accepting that has taken a huge load off of me. Because then I don't have to take responsibility for everything. 
yeah that was a very long-winded way of answering <laughs> <laughs> no i agree i i literally used to think that things could change now things can improve and things could be a little different but um you, you're right um just a, a huge change like that really might not be in our lifetimes but um if we take the initiative and you know get our voice heard and do things to improve that movement uh, we heading in the right direction um i get discouraged with my peers some of my boys they you know they might not want to vote or they might not want to speak up and do this and do that or always try to play devil's advocate it kind of bothers me because it's like <laughs> i be wanting to put my black black panther hat on and get out and lead the march and you know if you if you ain't with us you against us type but i had to remember everybody you know has their opinion on things uh yeah with this with this election it was definitely like, you could feel the pressure you could feel the tension in the air um i was like you in 2016 when uh who should not be named on this podcast uh <laughs> became um so so to speak our leader um i was cussing on facebook usually i don't really say curse words a lot but i was just like i think i cussed everybody out on facebook that even the people that did vote uh for the op- opposition i was still like cussing like y'all let him get in office this and that i don't want to hear nothing these four years <laughs> that's just exactly how it was and um like you said although um it was like it's perhaps maybe a small victory he definitely still got a long road you know we still got to keep going police brutality is still around racism you know it's not going nowhere so we got to be able to uh, make sure we don't you know we stay in focus yeah yeah and I think that's where I kind of think about yeah I mean as you were saying you know like just kind of maybe disappointment with your peers I'm assuming like other black Mm -hmm. you know who may have voted for Trump or been like you know fuck it I'm not gonna vote and you know while I can understand that you know again like let's take it back to ancestry like what would your ancestors say about that like what would your kids and grandkids say like you why like why did you like you didn't vote like why you know like how do you explain that to your kids um and and i think what that is and i I think a part of me used to get angry so like four years ago I, i was frustrated and angry but now i think that this again if we're taking it more macro and looking at the bigger picture this is what the system wants us it wants this to happen it wants people to be so discouraged that they don't vote or you know they want to kind of fear monger people into voting for you know maybe not the best candidate um so it's like how do we and that's where your mental health game got to be on point yes Yes. (laughs) um that's where that's where your your mental health game again it has to be on point so that you can really sparse out, okay, what's happening here? Okay, what's leading me to want to vote for this person? What about this person, you know? Is, is it because money is important to me? Okay, well, why is money so important to me that I would go against, you know, other issues that are really, really important? But yeah, there's there's a lot. Yes. <laughs> I know you're very passionate about it, so it's good to. We definitely this is going to be a part two. I can see definitely. <laughs> uh, I just got about a couple more questions just to ask before we end the podcast. Uh, so, you personally have you um, been stressed just because you've been dealing with so many people that need therapy, or you enjoy um, for the most part 
all the clients you might be having lately. Yeah, so um, my caseload did not drop at all. Um, my, I'm, I'm, I'm very booked and busy, um, which I'm very grateful and blessed and thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I mean, things, things have been well. So I, you know, Q, I love what I do. I, I really do. And I'm so blessed, again, to, to do something that I've been wanting to do since I was a teenager. So the work doesn't really feel stressful for me. Um, Like I'm not leaving my sessions feeling too tired or anything. I'm often, and I'm I'm also very grateful because I do work with a lot of people of color. Um, I think of my caseload was like all white girls from U of M, white students at U of M, I probably would be singing a different tune. Yeah. But my caseload is, is, is very intentionally very melanated <laughs> um, and, and that energizes me that energizes me so much um, so yeah I mean I wouldn't say that I'm I'm feeling stressed yeah and when I do like I, I, I think I got some pretty good self care strategies that wow. yes you I, will, I must say that you definitely have some I believe some great books and that's kind of my next question I want to get to um, what if any books do you recommend for someone right now to read it could be anything to do with depression anxiety race uh, whatever you're reading what's something that you like man you guys need to check this book out oh, let me find my iPad because all my books are on my iPad um, but just to start um my grandmother's hands by Resma Menachem very good book so uh Resma he's all he's a black man he's a therapist um and if you just hear him speak he is just so eloquent he's like the uncle that made it and it's just like bringing back wisdom pearls I love him so much um I hope I get maybe he can have me on his damn podcast since I'm (laughs) right but um, Resma Menachem, My Grandmother's Hands, um, it talks about racial trauma and its impact on black bodies, white bodies, and police officer bodies. Uh, it's a really good book. Um, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome by Dr. Joy DeGruy. Excellent book. Um, and then just like, you know, outside of race stuff. Um, so I tend to work with a lot of folks that are... Um, impacted by trauma so I'm a total trauma nerd so I would recommend um, Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker it's an amazing book Um, that book's a little bit like too nerdy (laughs) what else Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents that has been personally healing Okay. Oh, I can. That's all. And, I, and then I love schema therapy. And so, I mean, you could just go to, I mean, so there's a book called Breaking Negative Patterns. Um, it's a self-help book um, and that utilizes components of schema therapy. I'd recommend that just as some like kind of basics for any mood disorder. So, I mean, the books that I listed um, outside of race, so com- complex PTSD, um, and the breaking negative thinking patterns can help with any mood disorder. So depression, anxiety, comp- 
components of bipolar. Obviously, it's no substitute for seeking out actual medical treatment. But again, I know that, um, as I said at the beginning of this episode tonight, I know that therapy isn't accessible for everyone. So definitely checking out those books. It can be a really good start. Yeah, I'm definitely, I think it's a couple ones that I think I'm going to take a look at. Kind of caught my eye and my attention. So I'm going to take a look. But Camille, thank you for coming on the podcast again. This has been a long time coming. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have more conversations on this podcast. Um, I definitely, uh, off air, will have to hit you up, catch up with you and everything, and tell you about my stress and then my uh, stress you stress want, you want methods. A, you want a free therapy? Yeah, yeah, I think I need one. <laughs> it's like I, I want like a kind of a, like a mini one. Like I don't need it but i i want to just sh- tell you about kind of things i've been going through off there but we'll, we'll get to that definitely yeah you have to come by i'll cook for you again oh hey salmon was on point i'm cool with it <laughs> but camille if anybody wants to reach you and then perhaps maybe i don't know if your clients i know you said there's a wait list but um if somebody wants to ask you some questions off air how can they uh, reach to you what's your uh IG. Yeah, so my IG, I I tend to post lately either mental health things or things about my dog because I'm a new dog mom. But um, my Aww. Instagram is um, at Miss M I S S underscore Camille C A M I L L Y. It'll probably change when I want to be more professional. <laughs> okay. At Miss Camille, and then my um, email is my name. So it's Camille, C-A-M-I-L-L-E. And then it's at integrativeempowerment.com. And I know that's a long name. You also can go to integrativeempowerment.com. You can check out my bio on the website. And then again, if you want to email me, um, I would recommend not doing it through the site because they will tell you we're on a waiting list. So email me directly. And again, it's my first name at integrativeempowerment.com. All right. Thank you again for coming on the Happy Hour Q Podcast.